The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of Leading Conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now here's your host, Cheryl Esposito. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito. Today, we have a very special guest with us, Don Miguel Ruiz. Don Miguel is an international best-selling author, most notably his books, The Four Agreements, A Practical Guide to Personal Freedom, is a, an international bestseller. He has written The Mastery of Love, Prayers, a Communion with Our Creator, The Voice of Knowledge, and The Fifth Agreement. Well, that's interesting. We'll have to figure out what that is. So, Miguel, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to be with all of you. It's a great opportunity to share my love with everyone who is listening to us. Oh, thank you. That's a very nice welcome. So, tell us, where are you today? Well, today I am in Los Angeles, California. Um, for a few more days, and I will keep going uh, into all those uh, lectures and workshops that I have for the rest of this year. It's going to be a very, very busy year, and this is exactly what I love to do. Uh-huh. Well, and yes, you are busy, and you have had quite a challenging few years getting back to being as busy as you are, and um, we're going to talk about that in a minute. But let's start at the beginning. You have a very interesting path. You have been called a shaman, have been called a teacher and a healer. Um, You are a very well-known author, as I mentioned. And you come from Mexico. You were born and raised there. Um, And you have an interesting legacy that begins with Toltec wisdom. Tell our listeners what Toltec is. Well, uh, Toltec is a, a word that comes from the Nahuatl, which is the language that the Mexicas or Aztec used to speak. It still exists this language, of course, but uh, it's not a language that I speak. But uh, the word Toltec means artist. Artist. Yes, then it's a... It's a it's, wonderful point of view when we shift our perception from our daily life and focusing integration in the one we live into the point of view of an artist. Because when we change that point of view and see everything as 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 art, just like magic, our life changes right away because we no longer believe and so many of the things that we create and make our life a little challenging and difficult. When we use the eyes of the artist, we can find art in everything that we perceive, and we can see that 
The whole creation is a masterpiece of art, including ourselves. Hmm. So no matter how challenging it is, it is all um, part of a master plan, so to speak, and we are, are all part of that process, no matter whether it's a fabulous process or a challenging process, it's simply something we must move through. Yes, because we can see that our own life, the story in the one we are living in, is really a masterpiece of art, and we live in that art. You know, we, we may like to, to watch movies, yeah. and in those movies, there's all those different kind of dramas and make the movie very interesting. Uh-huh. Well, we call those dramas in our lives. And our life becomes a very interesting, of course, in the particular point of view. We, we live in our lives, and, and in that life is just like a movie where you are the main character, and everybody that you know is just a secondary character in your story, and everything that happened in that story is really about you. It's really that, about you. Oh. Yes, and you can see how interesting uh, that life can be. Is your creation. It's like you're the producer, you're the director, you're the main actor or actress. And you can change it if you don't like that art because it's ongoing. It's an art that is being created at every single moment of your life. Well, very interesting. So when you you grew up in this tradition, and and as you grew up, you were identified in your family as someone who would carry on the Toltec wisdom and healing. and yeah, But you decided that you didn't want to do that. You wanted to go to medical school instead, and you did. Yes, I became and, a surgeon, and I, I was part of a surgical group with two of my brothers. One is a neurosurgeon, and the other is an oncologist surgeon. Then I used to participate in all those kind of surgeries, especially with my brother who is a neurosurgeon that I spent like at least two, three years doing surgeries with him and and working in the brain and the the spine too. So you were were working as a neurosurgeon and and I think this is fascinating because you spent a lot of time working, as you say, on the brain. Yes. And this led you to something that um, you began to believe that not only what needed to be healed was the physical brain, but the mind as well. Tell us about that. Well, this is extremely interesting because at a certain point, I, I, I see that there's a lot of surgeons, there's a lot of uh, 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 that work in the physical body. And I was at a certain point more interested in the creation of the brain, which is the mind, with all the, all the beliefs, and I try to go inside the mind and understand why we behave the way we do, um, and, and that's the main reason why I shift careers at a certain point, now that I really live, uh, live uh, the medicine, but I change the direction. Instead of working the physical body, I start working in the human mind, and that's when I came back uh, to my old tradition with my mother, my father, my grandfather, and I start using the point of view of the artist and see the masterpiece of art that every single human create. And what I find out is extremely interesting 
because I find out that there's two different programs that, that exist in the humans. The first program is the one that we have since conception that come from the DNA from our father and our mother, and that's what will direct the creation of the whole physical body. Then in, 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 in the DNA is everything that you are is a program that cannot be changed. It is so rigid and it's fine, that's what we are. But then there's the second program. And that second program we we really receive it when we are children, when uh, our parents hook our attention and start teaching us a language the language that we speak and we use those words in order to create the story in, in the one we live. And then this second program is made by beliefs, is made by agreements, and is according of the rules of our family, the rules of our society, the rules of our religion. And if you, if you can see, it's not necessarily true. And that and is something we can change. We can, we can direct that. Exactly. Then, uh, we, we can see that we create the language that we speak because we learn it from our parents and we learn it at school and we use it uh, in order to, to train, to communicate, to understand. And if you notice uh, in certain point of our life, something incredible happened in our brain. And what happened is that everything that we learn, all our knowledge, starts speaking in our head with a voice that only we can hear but nobody else, and we call it thinking. <laughs> and, and that thinking becomes, uh, it becomes extremely complicated and, and fascinating because we can have in our mind all those conversations. We talk to ourselves and with different uh, uh, tonalities, with different voices, and, and like I say, it's a, a whole conversation, pros and cons, different opinions, is something that in, uh, in Nahuatl we used to call mitote, which is uh, it's like a being in a market where thousand people are talking at the same time and nobody's listening. Nobody's listening. That's fascinating. You know, so much of the teaching of success has to do with changing your thoughts. And that your thoughts are not who you are. I mean, and, you know, this is, this is, you hear this a lot, and yet it seems to be a very challenging thing to do. Do you agree? Well, we can say that life is extremely simple, but we complicate everything. Uh. And this is neither good or bad or right or wrong. No, it's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. You know, we create a language that we speak not because we are very intelligent, no. We create a language because we are programmed since conception to create a language and to use it in order to communicate with one another. And it's, it's, it's really uh, not that we humans are extremely intelligent. It's, it's just we just follow, follow our program, our program to be the way we are. And, you know, to create a whole story for self is also part of, of, of the first program. We believe that uh, we live in, in reality, 
and we live in the dream that we are creating in our own creation. And it's so fascinating because the same way that we really believe in our story, we see that everybody around us, they create their own story, and they really believe in their story, in their dream. Right, right. Well, you had an event in your life that um, really prompted you to turn around and look at the um, healing capacity of the Toltec wisdom, and you decided to go back and finish your training and become a shaman in this, and this was a car accident you were in. Tell us about this and, and why this had such impact on you. Well, it really, in my whole life, I have a series of uh, of awakenings, we can say, and the car accident was one of the main ones. But I can see that one of the most important ones, perhaps, is when I was like a 10 or 11 year old, when I still was a child and almost an adolescent, that something dramatic happened in my family, and is that an older brother who used to have 19 years old, he died in a car accident. And that really was a big drama in the family. But what uh, really is interesting in, 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 in this, uh, when he died, is that he used to be what we can uh, say the black sheep of the family, and this is because he just didn't follow the rules that my parents create, didn't follow the rules of, uh, you know, friends, society, etc. He just followed his own rules. And, of course, everybody had all those opinions about him, all those judgments about him. And at a certain point, he just really didn't care about all of that. He just was living his life. But as soon as he died, everything shifted. All those opinions changed, all the judgments changed. And from one moment to another, he becomes the greatest hero. Now, everybody wanted to be like him, and being a child and see all that, all that different points of view really shocked me because I can see that every, everybody can change judgment point of view from one moment to the next. In in certain point, point I knew that how can I trust? And it was a little show who takes, of course, years in order to to really fit in everything that I used to believe. But I just knew without words that I really cannot trust that in anybody, not even in myself, perhaps, because I, can, I, I start reflecting myself in all of them, and I can see how I, I shift at every moment, that the way I perceive the world, it was shift, shifting from one moment to the next. And I have that awareness, uh, and I compare with everything that I was learning until that day, because what I uh, learned from from my family is that if I have discipline and a strong will, everything can be possible, and I can get whatever I want to, whatever I needed, and I can really make my dreams come true if this is what I really want to do. And, well, and, that, and how old were you? You were 11? Uh, 10 or 11, when, when I had experienced. Wow. 
And and so you had this experience, and and yet you still went on to to um, to move kind of outside the family traditions and go to medical school and, and kind of get into more of the mainstream. So what made you decide to move away from the the mainstream practices and move back into the more of the um, traditional practices? Well, the whole thing is really about awareness, to be aware. No, number one, uh, for me, was just a, a theory that we live dreaming all the time. It was a little difficult for me to grasp that truth because everything used to uh, look so real that it was a challenge just to believe that it was not really that real. Then I, I understood the theory. I understood uh, that everything was shifting, but still it was just a theory. Then when I had that car accident, it was no longer a theory because I see my body sleeping in the wheel and I, and I um, had the car accident and I was completely out of my body. Then I knew I am not the body. And how old were you? How old were you when you had that car accident? I was like uh, maybe twenty-one or twenty-two, something like that. Okay. So now mm-hmm. there are two car accidents in your life: one with your brother who died, and one with you. Yes, and when I when I had that accident, the the little car was uh, was total. It was completely crashed, and there was no repair. But nothing happened to my physical body. Oh. I see myself protecting my body. And when the body wake up, I have the memory of seeing myself. And at the same time, my reason want to deny and say, no, that was just an illusion, was a dream. But on the other hand, I saw it. And of course, I don't expect that anybody believe or not, because it's really just a story. Right. And for me, it's, it's true. But then I want to, I, I really want to have the this, this, this same uh, experience, but without the car accident. And then I, I came back to my mother and asked her for help. I went to my grandfather and asked her for help. And they gave me the point of view and the, and the solution. It's like a, my grandfather told me, okay, this is very simple. If you just renounce to everything, if you just surrender to die, you will see that that will happen. But that concept was, a, 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 was for me, was kind of extreme and difficult to, to follow, even that in my imagination I tried and it didn't work. Then my grandfather passed, and when I talked to my mother about the same thing, they gave me a, a different solution, almost the same thing, but with a different point of view. And he said, oh, Miguel, this is extremely simple. He said, you know, to die and to sleep and to go to sleep is very similar. Uh-huh. And then they say, when you're extremely tired and you have to sleep, that you no longer can do anything, in that moment you really don't care where to sleep. You don't, you, you don't care about what happened to you, what happened with whatever you have. The only thing that you want to do is just to sleep. 
then if you get to that point and you renounce to everything because you just want to sleep, you will find out that in a certain moment you will see your body sleeping and you will find out that you are not the body. And she called that the art of dreaming. Art of dreaming. And, and I follow exactly what she say, and it happened again. I see my body sleeping, and it was so excited because in that state, everything is possible once again. There's no, no physical rules to keep you in one direction or another. And of course, my reason say this is just imagination, which for sure is true. But anyway, it's so excited to be in that way and see that you can fly, you can cross walls, you can appear, disappear. And, you know, you, you find out that when the brain is sleeping, the things are exactly in that way. It doesn't have a, a logical sequence. There's no, there's no time, there's no future, there's no past. And everything has the tendency to shift at every single moment. And so in those moments, we are the director of our story, and if we choose to allow this to be, we can have this big experience. We, we have more to talk about with Don Miguel Reese. We come right back. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexasaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back, everyone. This is Cheryl Esposito with Leading Conversations, and our guest today is Don Miguel Ruiz, author of The Four Agreements. So, Don Miguel, you have taken us on quite the journey already, and um, we, we now have a sense of how simple life can be if we simply allow it. Um, you had moved from simply living your life in the Toltec tradition, learning from your parents and your grandparents, and understanding what that meant. To in, into medical school, into practicing as a neurosurgeon, 
and you decided to move on because you realized that not only the uh, physical brain needed to be healed, as you told us earlier, but the human mind as well. So here you are as a neurosurgeon. You're practicing with your brothers, as you told us, and you finally say, you know, this is not enough. We're, we're healing the brain, but we're not healing the mind. And so you decide to do that. You decide to, to leave medicine in that way. Yes, Are I, you... I used to, Go ahead. Yes, I, I used to be a, a, a surgeon, and it's my brother who was a neurosurgeon, and I, I work with him, helping him with all the uh, surgery of the brain and the spine. But I, I really never was a neurosurgeon. Oh, you were. I see you were. He's my brother who is really a neurosurgeon. But I practiced a a lot of uh, this kind of surgery with him um, until I I performed uh, the surgeries by myself. And like I say, at a certain point, uh, I see that it was more important for me to understand more the human mind and, and, and about how the human mind works. And what I was expressing a little before is is how uh, I understood about the dreaming. And something that I find out is that when the brain is awake, the mind is still being exactly the same, but now we have follow a linear time because we are perceiving light at every single moment. But as soon as our attention is distracted, when we have the tendency to what we call daydream and our imagination going all those different realms that are not real, but for us are real. And with imagination, everything is possible even when the brain is awake. And this is extremely interesting because when I uh, travel around the world and I see all that we humans create, you know, talking about airplanes, uh, uh, cars, computers, buildings, everything that is created by humans first exists in the mind with our imagination. Then when we take the action, we make it real. It becomes truth, and we see the result wherever we go in any city, in our home, in our car, in the clothes that we wear. In everything, we can see how we humans transform nature into our own creation. And this is extremely beautiful to see what we do with our mind. Well, and and in the spirit of simplicity, you came to um, craft a way people can live their life. And that showed up in your book, The Four Agreements, A Practical Guide to Personal Freedom. And what I love about this writing is that you have distilled down to the essence. If we can live this way, we can simplify and uncomplicate our life so easily. So let's talk about these four agreements. First of all, how did you get to the point where you could be so clear and succinct about what those four areas that we need to pay attention to? Well, the whole thing, like I say, is about awareness. We keep 
back to that, right? Awareness. Yeah. Then I, 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 have a, I have the awareness that I complicate my whole life in the, in the story that I create. I see how I create all the drama and how fascinated was the creation of all that drama because it's not really good or bad or right or wrong. You know, in the, like I said before, Toltec means artist. And with the eyes of the artist, we can see uh, that we only create beauty and perfection, even if, it, if, the, uh, if the knowledge will say, no, this is not beauty, it's ugly or whatever. But we can, if we love the movies, for example, we can see that what attracts the most is, is all those traumas that they create. We can see, for example, uh, movies like Godfather, we see all the mob killing and, and all the emotions that they have. Uh, and we can we can see how fascinating is is what we create. Well, the same way we create our own life is just like like that like a movie. Like a movie. But this is our own creation, and we use the world in order to create uh, our our own reality, our own world. And when we simplify and we say, okay, be impeccable with the work, is because if we use the world in order to create a, a beautiful story, we really will enjoy every single moment of our story. And if we are not impeccable, we create so many dramas that is also enjoyable, but we don't have the awareness of that, of that joy. And being impeccable with the world is the most important one because with that you can create your personal heaven or your personal hell. This is how we use the world. And that word really create the language that we speak and the one the one we use to communicate with one another but mainly with ourselves because we really believe what we tell to ourselves. Well, you know, I think that's so important, that whole concept of the messages we give ourselves. And and I love that when you were saying be impeccable with your word, it not only applies to what you tell other people, but it, it applies what I tell myself. It applies exactly. to how I, the picture I paint of who I am, right? How much I believe in myself, how much I love myself, how much I trust myself. All of that makes up who I am and then how other people see me. Exactly. You know, this is uh, uh, when an adolescent, we have that crisis of identity what we believe we are, and we build the whole story about our, our own identity. And that identity becomes the main character of our story, and everyone that we know is just a secondary character. And we may like or not the way we create a story, the life we're living in, but if we don't like our own creation, and we want to change our own story, the solution will not be to change all the secondary characters. The one that we really need to change is the main character, which means what we believe we are. Because if we change what we believe we are, 
just like magic, everything around us will change. Well, because, yeah. because, because our, our point of view changed. Yes. And that's right. with that awareness, we can improve our own story, what we believe. Well, and we, we see that, that awareness. It's yes. all the time, right? People um, who aren't getting along with someone, um, you know, they or they're in a relationship that they uh, don't like, and so they move on to a new relationship. And if they haven't done any personal work themselves, very often they end up with the same kind of relationship, just a different character, right? Different person in the play. Exactly. Then the solution is to change ourselves. Change ourselves, yeah. You know, something that I tell everybody is that if you don't like a person, the easy way is just to walk away from the person. If you don't like a group of people, you just can walk away from that people. The problem is if you don't like yourself, wherever you go, you're going to be with yourself. (laughs) Yeah. If you don't like yourself, change it. Yes. Make it easy to be with yourself and relearn how to love yourself. Relearn how to love yourself? Is that what you said? Relearn how to love yourself. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because we have all those excuses that come from opinions and judgments why we reject ourselves. Yeah. And in that rejection, we start creating an addiction. And that addiction is the addiction to suffer. And we practice for so long that we don't even notice that we are addicted to suffering. You know, when we are children, we see the interaction that our parents have, our big brothers and sisters have, the neighbors. We see the television, movies. And we see everybody uh, try to control each other and, and suffer because of the actions and reactions. Then, as children, we see how the adults uh, interact with each other, and we hardly can wait to grow up and to be just like them. And we practice and practice until a certain moment, we become just like them. We become just like them. Exactly. And we are addicted to suffer. And from that addiction, it can come all the other addictions, like alcohol, drugs, overeating, smoking, whatever. But the very first one is the addiction to suffer. That that really kind of changes the whole uh, landscape of of a common belief of all of this. You know that addiction is hereditary. That people, some people just can't help it. That um, you know there's there are. Um, up in families, you are going to be like everybody else. And what you're saying is that, you know, that can be true if you believe it to be true. And if you don't want it to be that way, we have the power to make it different. Yes, we can, we can say that all that addiction is the result of practice. Practice makes the master. When we practice and practice until it becomes automatic. Right. And we just react the way we're programmed to react with the second program. That come from knowledge, that come from practice, or that come from all those opinions and judgments. 
And well, I love I, I love what you have here with the for the second um, agreement out of the four agreements. You say don't take anything personally. And as I'm thinking about people in families and people in relationships, you know, this concept of taking things personally happens a lot. And so what you say is that, uh, you know, what others say and do is a projection of their own reality and their own dream, not yours, and you don't have to believe that. Talk about this. Well, you know, something that is very interesting if we focus our point of view on that is how by taking everything personally, we increase that addiction to suffering because now we have all the excuses why to suffer because what they believe about us, because their opinion, because the rejection that we feel, because the need that we need to be accepted, because uh, we reject ourselves and we are not the way we're supposed to be, uh, because we don't fit in certain circumstances, because uh, uh, we cannot trust, because we can use any excuses, and we learn and practice to take everything personal. But in certain point, uh, when we have the awareness and we want to stop, looks like impossible or extremely difficult. But it's difficult because we practice exactly the opposite. And it becomes automatic. Then, yes, we can have the awareness, we can understand, but when we try, it becomes extremely difficult then what we need to do is to start practicing exactly the opposite. And little by little, we will find out that it will be not difficult and that every time that we practice becomes easier and easier and easier. But takes time. We cannot expect that that will happen from one day to the next because just to understand is, is the very first step. But practice is what makes the difference. That's why the, the agreement number four is the one that I love the most because it's about practice. Always do your best because the other three that really only exist in the mind, but the action is what makes the difference. You know, oh, so and, that, and that mm-hmm. is something that, um, you know, I think the mind gets in the way sometimes of us taking action that is good for us. And so we, we get into this spiral almost. We get into this, this little story about ourselves, and it actually serves to keep us still and not to take action. And what you're saying is that we can choose to stay in that place or we can choose to take a step out of that story, even by taking one little action. And like I say a little before, is practice what makes the master. You know, in the mind, we have all those ideas, all those wishes, all those dreams that we want to, to create. But if we don't have the courage to take the action, all those ideas will just dissipate. And only the ones that we take action will become real and become true. It becomes true. We have more to talk about with Don Miguel Ruiz. Come right back.
Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexasaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. And welcome back to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito with my very special guest today, Don Miguel Ruiz, author of The Four Agreements. Okay, John Miguel. So we've been talking about the first two of the four agreements, and the third one is don't make assumptions. So why is this so important? Well, this has to do a lot with knowledge. You know, uh, it's all the dialogue that we have in our mind. And at a certain point, Everything that we have in our mind starts speaking in our head, and we call it thinking, that we have all those dialogues in our head, and we make the assumption that all that interaction is real and is true, and we have the need to justify everything that we believe, everything that we do, everything that everybody else do or believe. It's like I have a narrator in our head. You know, like if you see if you see any sports in the television, and they telling you what the player is doing, why he's doing, what he's thinking, why he's thinking, uh-huh. and it's not just what you see in the television, which is the truth, but you have all that information that has nothing to do with the sport or with whatever we are watching. But our head is just like that. Knowledge is telling us what we perceive. You know, you can see a beautiful flower. You see the flower, but then you have to say, oh, this flower is beautiful, it's red, it's this, it's telling you, that it is describing what you believe about that. Right. But if with any circumstance that happen in the street, your knowledge wants to describe everything. It's like I have this narrator in our head. narrator in our head, I love that. Then if, uh, if we don't make assumptions, that what will happen is that uh, we're going to have peace in our own head. We will not have all that, uh, all those opinions, all those contradictions, but uh, we're going to live in peace. That is something that humans have been searching for thousands of years to get that inner peace, to start that internal dialogue. And we use all 
so many different tricks to get to that point. Like we create mantras, chanting, yoga, uh, dancing. We, we try almost everything. Many things work, many didn't work. That works for, for certain people, but not for other people. But if we have that awareness and we can stop all those assumptions, we find out that very soon we live in that inner peace. And by doing that, we gain the respect of everything that we believe. We accept ourselves just the way we are. And maybe for the first time in our life, we live in peace. And of course, we need to take the action to have the awareness. So, and that leads us to the fourth agreement, always do your best, which you referenced earlier. Um, and you're saying that from moment to moment, no matter what, under any circumstance, we, will, we need to do our best. And in doing that, that somehow we're going to avoid self-judgment, self-abuse, and regret. So tell us about this. Well, uh, what is so important is that we accept ourselves just the way we are. And we relearn to love ourselves to enjoy ourselves, and we find out by the end that we humans, we come here with one mission, and it's the same for every single human, and that mission is to enjoy life, mm-hmm. to be happy. Now, how we do it is seven billion different ways, one for every single human, and only you know what is what makes you happy and what makes you unhappy. And it's about to make the choice how to enjoy your life, how to find your passion and live in your passion. And in that way, you really will enjoy every single moment of your life the best you can. Well, is it possible that someone could think they know what makes them happy, but in fact, it may not be what really makes them happy? And we actually lie to ourselves? You know, that's what we were talking a little before when we see that uh, we become addicted to suffering. Addicted, yeah. Okay. It's an addiction. It's the result of practice and practice and practice to be unhappy. Practice to be unhappy, yeah. And it becomes automatic. Then there's times in our life that we are so happy, we're enjoying life, we are like children, having a lot of fun, and something in our head comes and says, okay, just stop. This is too good to be true. Let's be realistic. And the fun is over. Wow. We're ready to so how do you help people to see that they might be addicted to that story, to be able to begin to step out of that story? How do you help them to see that? Well, it's extremely simple. Usually, if people come to me and they ask that they want to change, I never do it without permission, really. Then they say, okay, I'm I'm tired to suffering. I'm tired to all the drama. How can I change? Then I say, well, if you really want to do it, let's see, that's... uh, I give given instructions according uh, whoever they are, and 
you can see that this is the main reason why I decide to write this book for agreements, that it can go to everyone all around the world and speak beyond the, the knowledge because it comes directly from the very first program that we have in this on the human integrity. That it doesn't matter where they was born, what language they speak, what religion they follow. It's just common sense. And it's something that perhaps they already hear from their parents or grandparents because this is universal. We call it Toltec because Toltec means artist. An artist is every single human who lives in this beautiful planet Earth. We all are artists, even if we are not aware that we are. And we always are searching for beauty. Does that apply to everyone? And this is the magic of all these books that I wrote. That is speaking to everyone. It doesn't matter how, if they went to school or not, how intelligent they are. It speaks to every single one. And the challenge was to make it as simple as possible that we can talk to everyone. Right. And indeed, the book did do that. Now, you've written another book called The Fifth Agreement, a practical guide to self-mastery. And this is what you're talking about. You know, practice makes the master. Practice is what makes the master. And this book gives people a practical guide to self-mastery. So tell us about this book. Well, this book really was, uh, uh, it's my son, Don Jose, who writes the book, and he wanted me to introduce these four agreements that he can follow with the fifth agreement, because the first four agreements is just the introduction of the way of life of the artist. It's just the initiation, and then it follows years of practice, and when they finally... Uh, to start letting go and detach from all those different beliefs that are not true, then the space of women becomes extremely obvious. Be skeptical, but learn to listen. And be skeptical because we know, without a doubt, that the same way that we create our personal world, everyone else did exactly the same thing. And in our personal world, we make a copy of the truth that is being distorted by knowledge, and we create our personal truth, and that's what we speak. Then everyone will speak their own truth, believing that this is the truth. Then if we are skeptical, we listen what they say, and by listening, we can take the best of what they say and make it ours, and what we see that doesn't work, we just let go without any judgment, opinions, or whatever, because when we apply the fifth agreement, we find respect first to ourselves and to everyone else, that they're free to believe whatever they want to and to express what they want to express. But if we listen, we know exactly where they're coming from, and we can take the best and let go what it doesn't work for us. And, and so it's, it would be important for us to... Um, when we have a thought about someone or a situation or an event, to question that even for ourselves. Is that true? Do I know that to be true? And then, you know, really that's where we apply being skeptical and then really learning to listen for the truth. Mm-hmm. And the most important part is when we are skeptical with ourselves, with what we believe we know. 
Yeah. Because this is the biggest challenge. Is this is this truth what I believe? But we listen to ourselves. We are skeptical, but we can listen to ourselves, and in that way, uh, the truth will break the lies. Because this is the real conflict that exists in the human mind. It's not between good and evil. Good and evil is just the result of the real conflict. And the real conflict is between the truth and life. And we lie to ourselves a lot. And we believe all those lies. And if we are skeptical and we listen to what we say, then we can hear our lies. And with the power of the doubt, we can destroy those lies. And only the truth will survive because the truth doesn't need that we believe or not in the truth. The truth just exists. The truth exists long before the creation of humanity and will exist long after the extinction of humanity. The truth just exists and don't need any explanation. Don't need an explanation. Well, I, I read a statement that I just love that you say that we are reminded to commune with our divine nature, and this enables us to create our personal heaven on earth and a life of personal freedom and ease. John Miguel, this has been a wonderful hour spending with you. I cannot believe we're already at the end of the show. So I know people will want to know more. They'll want to know more about you. How can they learn more about you and get in touch? Okay, well, if they, if they go to my web, it's at www.miguelruiz.com. And if they want to really uh, go deeper, in July, I go to, with my two children to Teotihuacan. It will be a great experience for four days. And I will be so happy to see whoever comes with us. That would be wonderful. That's Miguel Ruiz. M-I-G-U-E-L-R-U-I-Z dot com. John Miguel, it is an honor to spend this time with you this morning. Thank you so much for sharing yourself with Leading Conversations listeners and with me today. It's been a great pleasure, and I'm so grateful with all of you. And please give all my love to everyone who has listened to us and all my respect to Lovely. Thank you. So, everyone, because the world to be a better place because of a conversation that matters. This is Cheryl Esposito. Thank you for spending this hour with Cheryl Esposito and Leading Conversations. You can listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a question or comment for Cheryl, please email her at leadingconversations at alexaconsulting.com. That's L-E-A-D-I-N-G-C-O-N-V-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N-S at A-L-E-X-S-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. 
The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.